our existence on this earth is not all about our existence on this earth. It's more than that. And in fact, when you embrace that truth, you now have purpose. By the time we get to Isaiah chapter 40, God has begun to restore his people. It was rocky in the beginning. We talked about those passages. Uh, But he starts to restore his people from a place of judgment and suffering. However, just like humans, right, their following of his way will be fraught with inconsistency and faltering faith. Isaiah 40 Verse 6. Ready? All flesh is grass, and, it, and all its beauty is like the flower that of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fade when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely people are grass. What is this? What is, what is, the, what is the Lord trying to say to us today in this passage? Let me just break it down for you. You are fragile. You ever go, you know, ever try to maintain a beautiful lawn in New England? My dad finally told me one day, he said, Dave, if it's green, give up. As long as it's green, don't worry if it's crabgrass or, you know, if it's green, you're good to go. Grass, the, the grass is, is subject to the heat subject to water, subject to all these different types of things that cause it to grow. But it's very fragile, and when things don't work out, it does fade, okay? However, we get to this point, God compares humanity's faithfulness to grass. The health and strength of grass is continually changing. For a person to stake their life on their own strength and ability is foolishness. Grass cannot grow without the proper conditions. It can't just make itself grow. If grass relied on itself for its hope, (laughs) it would be like my yard, barren and unfruitful. (laughs) At least mom's like, no, it's not. That's why she's in the front row. There must be something more substantial for them to be rooted in. We can't, if we put our hope in ourselves, in our own strength, we will have fall. So verse 8 goes like this. The grass withers and the flowers fade. But the word of God will stand forever. The word of God will stand forever. Look at that. That is something, that is faithful. That is faithful. Isaiah boldly declares that the word of God is enduring, unchanging, foundational. Unlike fading grass, the things God has declared and revealed are eternal. The hope of humanity is found, listen to this, 
talk about getting to the hope, right? The hope of humanity is found in the Word alone. He's like, wait a minute, hold on. I thought, we'll get there. Don't worry. There's nothing that can change or alter what God has declared to be. His character, His nature, His plan is immutable, meaning it cannot be changed. This solid ground is the foundation of humanity's stability in a world of shifting sand. Shifting circumstances. Shifting socioeconomic levels. Shifting health issues. Shifting fill in the blanks. Dot, dot, dot. The Word of God is foundational in a world of shifting sand. Old Faithful is a natural example of consistency, right? This famous geyser erupts on an average of 90, every 90 minutes without, with incredible consistency. Eruptions can shoot 3,700 to 8,400 gallons of boiling water to a height of 106, 185 feet, lasting from one and a half to five minutes. That's a lot. And this is the, one of the greatest examples of natural faithfulness. And it doesn't hold a candle to the faithfulness of God. Nothing in this world can measure up to God's incredible faithfulness. You're like, I don't see it, Pastor. Neither did they at that moment. Why don't we see it? Because we see with imperfect vision. However, even the most faithful things that you have around you, the things in your life, I don't mean to get morbid on you here, but this thing stuff, this isn't going to last. Life throws wrenches in the works all the time. And if we're putting our hope in this, we're going to go through life like that. And I, I, I know I'm saying this, and I'm preaching it myself at this point, because I've been there and I do this. If we are trusting on this life to keep us stable, it's going to be like sailing on, on, a, on a, a, a sea that is just all over the place. You're going to be here, you're going to be down, you're going to be up, you're going to be down, you're going to be up. So I've been asking myself these questions in this past few months when our country has been going through crazy stuff. And I'm like, you know, I, I, I confided in you early on in this series that I was frustrated. And I've been, I've been asking myself the question, what can I do? What can I do about all this? Well, who am I? What can I do? And I, I don't know if I told you this. I think I did. That Jesus said to me, he didn't come in and have tea. Like, I wish he'd come in and have a cup of coffee with me, but I don't think I'd be in my, I don't think I'd drink the coffee. I think I'd be like, oh. You know, um, but through his word, he spoke to me, you're asking the wrong questions. It's not about what you can do. It's about what I can do. So you need to focus on me. Where is your foundation? I'm a fixer. Anybody in here a fixer? Like your wives can't stand it because... 
or your husbands can't stand it because when you tell them your problem, when, they t- when you're confiding you a problem, they just want you to listen. Ladies, stop. Be quiet. <laughs> Ladies just want like a, a listening ear, and I'm like, all right, we're going to fix this. And I start spouting. She didn't even finish her sentence. I'm like, well, we could do this, or we could do that, or you could do that. And I'm trying to fix it because I want to know what I can do. And all she wants is for me to go, okay. Oh, yeah. Just stop it. Uh. So, so the idea is this. You know, I'm a fixer. I'm a fixer. That's my, my nature is the fix thing. So I'm thinking, God, what can I do? What, what, what am I supposed to do? I feel so helpless. I feel like if I don't fix it, then if I don't fix something or work towards something, then, man, I don't have any hope. He's like, Where, your, hope is, your hope is relying on you? Humanity is like grass. My word is eternal. Focus on me. And, and, and the time comes, you'll know what to do if I ask you to do it. But get your foundations straight. Right? Isaiah 40, 28 says this. This is God talking to his people. Ready? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. To him who has no might, he increases strength. The eternal, consistent faithfulness of God serves to lift our unfaithful and inconsistent lives by continually, listen to this, by continually pressing us back to Him. Isaiah declares that the eternal God does not grow weary, but instead gives strength to those who do. He keeps pushing us back to Him. He keeps pressing us into His his nature, into his ability, into his strength. When we feel at the, at, our, at the end of our rope, he's like, come here again. Come here. was never your rope to hang on to. This is far more than mere inspiration or motivation. We are not strengthened by merely knowing of or looking at God's eternal strength but in a profound and personal way. Think about this. The eternal life of God empowers us from within. From within. By the eternal word of God, who according to the gospel of John, was made flesh to dwell among us so that he could later dwell in us. The eternal word of God. The word of God is eternal. And that that word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's Jesus. Remember I said earlier, like, the hope of, the hope of the world is the word of God. And I could see somebody, some people's eyes going, what about Jesus? He is the word of God. The same word that Isaiah is talking about in this, in this uh, text here, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, and maybe even thousands of years ago, before Jesus came, became flesh and dwelt among us so that we could have the hope, not in just written word, but in personal relationship. 
Galatians chapter 2 says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, the Word of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul declares this to be the reality for every true believer. We now live with the power and presence of the Word of Jesus. Charles Spurgeon, the great English preacher of the 19th century, once said, I have learned to kiss the waves that throw me up against the rock of ages. Let me read that again for those of you taking note. I have learned to kiss the waves that throw me up against the rock of ages. What waves are you going through today? What struggles are you finding in your life? God's word is eternal and consistent. The only other consistent thing that I've ever seen in life is that life is inconsistent. It's never steady. It never, it jigs when it should jog, according to my understanding. And I get to a place where I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't even know what truth is anymore. <laughs> I don't even know. And, then, and then, it, then that wave pushes me back up against the rock of ages, the steady foundation. When we encounter trials that are beyond our strength or weaknesses, within that tempt us to quit our race. We should instead be grateful for the continual reminder that our only hope, only hope, while on this journey is complete and total dependence on the grace and strength of God. Remember what I said earlier? God, what can I do? Wrong question. It's not about what I can do. It's about how much I can depend on Him. It doesn't matter how big the problem is. I'm telling you, people in this room are going through stuff. Some big stuff. People in this room, I know, I've, I can, I'm not going to look at your eyes because I've already looked at you. People in this room are going through some stuff. You know, fires happen right at Christmas. That's stuff. Stinks. That's a jig when it should have jogged, huh? Jeez. People are going through some stuff. I'm telling you, if we rely on our own strength to, to, to make this life make sense, we are going to be Miserable. There's no, there's, no, uh, there's no bottom to the depth of that depression. We had a network prayer meeting this past week, and it was such a, such a blessing to me. You know what it showed me? Network, when I say network prayer meeting, I mean churches in our, in our network all over uh, southern New England. That's what I mean by network, for those of you who don't know. 
churches uh, that are part of the Assemblies of God Southern New England Ministry Network, all over New England, pastors were on a prayer meeting. Zoom prayer meeting. This is like the new normal. Ah. But it was powerful. You know what I found out? That other pastors' lives are rough too right now. <laughs> that, was, that was a little bit encouraging, actually. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I felt like, okay, it's not just me. And then the strength that they were gleaning from the Word of God, they shared that and they prayed. And it just touched my heart. One of the passages that was, that was uh, read at that time, it just fit perfectly with this, with this, path, with this uh, message today. So I incorporated it. 2 Corinthians 4. Talk about frailty, right? But we have these treasures in jars of clay to show the surpassing power belonging to God and not to us. We are afflicted on, in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus. So that the life of Jesus may also be manifest in our bodies. Verse 14. Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus. And bring us with you into his presence. 16. So, we do not lose heart. What's the flip side of do not lose heart? Hope. It's the other way of saying it. It's the positive way of saying it. It's the negative way of saying it. Don't lose heart. Though our outer self is, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Why? Because we're so great? No. Because we're so strong? Because we're so important to God? No. Because we have said the right things? Or we've done the proper ritual? No. It's not how it works. It's not about those things. It's not about us. It's not about you. Am I the only one who's had this fantasy? That everybody else is a mental construct and I'm the only one who exists? <laughs> or only do narcissists think that way? <laughs> you know, late at night when your mind's going crazy and you're thinking just like weird philosophical thoughts, you're like, I reach over and pinch Lisa just to make sure she's real. Yeah, she's real, I think. Unless my mind is telling my finger. No, um... But here's the thing, guys. Our pastor's so weird. Um, here's the thing. We have got to get in our heads. And Jesus says it, and the Word of God says it constantly, that our existence on this earth is not all about our existence on this earth. It's not. I know that's hard. It's hard for me. 
our existence on this earth is not all about our existence on this earth. It's more than that. And in fact, when you embrace that truth, you now have purpose. Because anybody who's lived for themselves for any period of time knows how lonely and depressing that life truly is. There's no meaning in that life. It's only when you give your life away in the service of Jesus Christ, service of something greater than yourself and your own meager, frail, jar of clay, blade of grass existence, that you find the purpose for existence. For these light, 17, for these light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all. As we, look, as we look not to the things that are seen, what we see, but things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient. They're frail. They're empty. They're fragile. But the things that are unseen are eternal. You know what I love about Scripture? One of the one of the things I love is that Scripture never treats us like a child. It always is honest with us about our about the existence that is around us. It doesn't like pander to us. What does it say? There's gonna be some trials. It's not gonna be easy. Scripture doesn't say, you know, this Scripture is not a fairy tale or not like a, a book of, you know, wonders. It doesn't give us the formulas for the spell that will make everything good. There's no genie in the bottle that we can rub the proper way, and then if we rub it that way, then God will do something. The genie, the, you know, the blue guy, Will Smith, he'll come out. I'm still a Robin Williams fan. But anyway... Um, He'll come out and then he'll grant us our wishes if we just do it the right way. You know what that's called? You know what that's called? Religion. I'm telling you. Religion's all about how you stroke that lamp. And I'm, I'm afraid that even in our evangelical, charismatic, all these things that we are, right? Culture, there's still tons of books written out there on how to properly stroke that lamp. To get, that, that instead, of, instead of saying the genie or saying God, we now use the word the Holy Spirit because, you know, we're Pentecostal, so we use that. You can stroke that lamp properly and the Pentecostal genie is going to come out and the Holy Spirit's going to give you everything you want if you, as long as you just stroke it properly. I'm telling you, it's a bunch of garbage. That's not what this word says. The word is, will last forever. And I'm telling you, if it doesn't come from this, what about the Holy Spirit? Can he reveal? Absolutely the Holy Spirit can reveal things. But we're not, you know what I'm concerned about? This. I'm concerned about this fragile garbage that we call flesh sometimes. That God can redeem and make amazing. I'm not, I'm not saying that. 
But when we hear things from the Holy Spirit and we base it on how we feel, a lot of damage can be done. But when we hear the Holy Spirit speak through this, there's power, and there's truth, and there's help. You've got to go back to the Word. The Word is eternal and will last forever, and it will never contradict itself. The Holy Spirit will always confirm this Word. If we build our foundation on shifting sand, then we're constantly going to be rebuilding. And I've been, I've been walking this path with the Lord. Oh, how many years is it now? Is it five years old? I think so. That's what the Bible says that you gave me. I asked Jesus into my life at five years old, so 43, you do the math. And I've had moments where I've been really... Remember I said we have moments, the Israel had moments where they, 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 they lost focus? I've had those moments, and I've, and I've played the game, and I've not been faithful to this. It's more about what I feel. You know what happens? You get to the end of that, and you have to rebuild it again. Because the foundation was never on the foundation. It was on the shifting stand of this. And I'm a pretty emotional person. Any emotional people in here? I'm a pretty emotional person. So if I put my... That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a sand tsunami. I don't want to build on that. I want to build on this. Isaiah 40, verse 30 says this. Even youths... I love youths. I was thinking of th- taking the S off just to make it more English correct, and I'm like, no, nah, i got to keep it up there. If that helps me. You know, we were talking about uh, my cousin Vinny. I mean, the two youths, you know. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But those, I, mean, like the, uh, I like it. Who, was, who said that the other day in the, in the meeting, living on, their, on the right side of butt? That, that was a great thing. Wasn't that awesome? There was this, uh, they, had, they were talking on this prayer meeting. This prayer meeting was awesome, by the way. But one of the speakers uh, who prayed said they heard a, a message by somebody who said um, the whole message was called living on the right side of butt. Because look at this. Even you shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall renew their strength. Because there is a foundation, and when we rebuild it on the right thing, and we stay in that foundation, it's secure. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. When we build our foundation on the eternal and living Word of God, the result is that our strength is renewed. If you're feeling tapped out today. This is where the hope comes. If you're feeling like you just sapped of all your strength, you might be there today. Even, even the youths have that problem. So maybe you're not a youth today, but even they get faint 
Maybe that's you. But when we build our foundation on the eternal and living, eternal and living, word of God, the result is our strength is renewed. The weakness of our lives are graciously covered with the work of Jesus. And we find the ability to continue on the journey. Not limping along. Now we are soaring and running like those who've been infused with power. Power of the Holy Spirit. Power, the eternal power of this amazing revelation. Living, breathing. It's awesome. God plan, God's plan for His people is provide, to provide ongoing strength so that they may run in pursuit of the life that He has for them. God wants, God wants us to live an abundant life. He really does. He wants us to live a life that is free. Free! He wants us to live a life that is not only fulfilling, but I dare say enjoyable. He wants you to have that life. He wants you to do that. But yes, listen, if you are relying on your life to go smoothly in order to have that, that's shifting sand. It's never going to be never going to be satisfied. But if you build your foundation on the Word of God and you let those waves press you against the rock of ages, the truth, the life, then no matter what hill or valley you're on, all my life, all I know is God's been good, good to my soul. Mountain high, Valley low, I'm going to sing wherever I go. What's well, a coincidence we sang that song? <laughs> oh, I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> Folks, I know life is hitting a lot of people right now. And I, I would never want to minimize your pain, ever, ever, ever. But if we're relying on our own strength and our own understanding to get us through those low times, then we are going to be very miserable people because those low times are going to come. In this life, you will have trouble. That's what the word says. In this life, you will have trouble. But be of good cheer. I have overcome this life. And if we could put our foundation here, we will have answers. Not answers to the problem, but answers to our life. It's not about you, it's about him. Would you close your eyes with me for just a second? I just want you to think about what you're going through today. Maybe it's a big thing, maybe it's a small thing. Maybe you're on a cloud nine right now. I don't know why we stopped at nine. Why there's not a cloud 10, but words. 
But maybe you're on cloud nine and you're, things are rolling right now. And I don't mean to be the bearer of bad news, but enjoy it. <laughs> because it can't last. But it's also true of those who are on, in the valley right now. It can't last. Where is our hope found? Where is our assurance? Where is our strength in our difficulty? What are you going through? How many people would be honest with me? Nobody's looking around, and you would just say today, by, by a lifting of your hand, I'm going through something. Just raise your hand if that's you. Nobody looking around. It's a lot of people in this room, folks. It's a lot of people. Where is your hope today? Maybe you're dealing with some kind of loss or some kind of sickness or some kind of financial trouble. I don't know what it is God does. And he says he wants to renew you. He wants to help you soar on wings like eagles, to run and not be weary, to walk and not faint. But you can't put your hope in your own strength. You've got to give it to God. Lord, I thank you for this time we could be together. I thank you that we can enjoy your presence. We can sing and we can clap and we can have fun together just praising your name. And then we can get real and talk about real stuff. We need both of those, God. And I know there's many in this room who are struggling today. You saw the hands, Lord. You know the hearts. And God, I pray right now that you would just allow your Holy Spirit to be made real to these people. Help those problems and struggles in this life. Bring them closer to you, not cause distance. Help them to not make a a break with you during this time, Lord, but to, to press in, to let the waves of life press them up against the rock of ages. God, you are so good, and your steadfast love endures forever, even when we don't feel it. Lord, help us not to make our feelings into a God, a false idol. Help us to continually look to you to contextualize our world. We give you praise, but you know, we know that you have the power to do that if we will just surrender. It's all it takes. But that's one of the hardest things for humans to do, to lay down our pride and to say we can't do it on our own. So Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters that they would surrender completely to you today that you would lift them up. They would build a, a firm foundation for their life on the living word of God, Jesus Christ, who lived, died, rose again so that we might have peace with God. We ask this all in Jesus' name.